Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back, everyone, to the Flow Track Podcast. Flow Track Podcast at gmail.com is the email address. Subscribe to our YouTube page if you haven't yet. I'm Kevin Selly, joined by Gordon Mack, New York City Marathon Preview Show. Very excited to do this one. Good morning, Gordon. How are you doing? Doing good. Excited for New York City Marathon this Sunday. It's going to be a great one. It's going to be live on Flow Track in Canada, in Australia, in the United Kingdom. If you live in America, you can watch it somewhere else, but we'll have all the great coverage of it. It's going to be awesome. New York City Marathon. I'm excited to break down both the men's and the women's field. Mm -hmm. And this New York City Marathon preview podcast, Gordon, is sponsored by True Places. True Places designs products for the modern outdoors, all those moments in life with friends or family that are just outside your door. Maybe it's hanging out in the backyard, catching a movie in the park, or watching your kids' games, or practice from the sideline. I'm sitting in a True Places chair right now, Gordon. I've taken it for a spin a couple times at my kids' soccer practice. You know, Gordon, I'm out at the soccer field a lot. It's fall in the soccer season, and I love it. It's very durable. It comes with a bag, easy to get in and out. Oh, I see you're demoing it right now, Gordon, also showing off the True Places chair as well. I, I just like things when you're going places with kids, you got all this stuff, Gordon, you're juggling the soccer balls, you got multiple kids, and it's nice to be able to take your chair easily in and out of the bag. Wow, Gordon, just giving it the full visual experience here on the show. It's got a cup holder. You said there's a phone holder on it. You got bottle openers underneath. It's not just like a regular ordinary chair that you see out there. It's a it's it's a solid chair, and I've enjoyed uh, I, I've enjoyed using it so far. What are your thoughts? I like the way it folds up. Like check this out. Yeah, it's easy, right? Yeah, you just you just I can't I'm not showing it well, but like you just hit the two things, and then it boom folds. The thing I like about it is a lot of times these foldable chairs when you when you uh, I'm I'm having hard showing it because at the angle the computer's at, but. When you have it, they stay. It folds up and it stays standing up. It doesn't like fall over. It's like yep. It's very. Uh, it's designed to be very usable, and it's not designed to fall over in the wind, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. Got high quality materials like aerospace grade aluminum, Gordon, for the frame premium carrying bag, like you mentioned, made from recycled plastic bottles. Yeah, it is very easy to. I usually spend more time than I'd like to admit fighting with the chair in the bag, trying to get the chair in the bag when I'm leaving. Because again, I got all this stuff. I can't be carrying the bag and the chair. And this one was super easy. I, I was able to to figure it out myself. I liked it. I had it at my party last uh, Halloween weekend. We mm -hmm. needed extra chairs. This was a perfect chair on the deck for people to sit nice. in. Like you said, a cup holder, 
phone holder, and they're removable, right? So you have the cup holder right here. Check it out. Boom. Yep. This is the phone holder. You get the cup holder. They detach. You put them right back on. Perfect. Listen, dude. It worked at my kids. It worked at my kids' soccer game. It worked at Gordon's party. You couldn't think of two more opposite ways to enjoy <laughs> the chair, and it was good. It was good for both of them. So here's what you can do. Uh, if you're watching right now, you can see uh, the instructions for the promo code on the ticker. But I'll read them uh, right now. You can use the code FlowTrack. Use the code FlowTrack for twenty dollars off your first chair purchase at True Places. Dot com. We thank them for sponsoring this New York City Marathon Preview Podcast. Again, use the code FLOWTRACK, $20 off your first chair purchase at trueplaces.com. One last Let's thing. Get in this preview. One last thing. One last Gordon. thing. Go ahead. Yeah. These chairs, great for podcasting. Look at this. Just sit in them. You podcast in the chair. Perfect. Lean back. Good posture. Perfect yeah. podcasting chair. I like it. Add that to the list. Add that to the copy. When you're looking at this New York City Marathon field, Gordon, before we get it, we're going to do women and then we're going to do men. We'll talk favorites, challengers, Americans, all that good stuff. But when you look at it overall, what are you most excited to see from this race? We This is the last in a long line of marathon majors this fall. I mean – you want me to pick my most exciting thing, combining on both men's and women's, American, non-American, all together? Like, what's the one singular thing just I'm most overall. excited about? Sure, overall? just overall. O overall, and I don't know if it, it needs to even be a specific person, but what's something you're interested to find out, maybe? See, this is a hard question, man, you're giving me, because, I admit, see, I have, I have a bunch of individual storylines i'm excited about there's not a single like overall because like i'm excited about jeb cheer cheer trying to pull off olympic and major double in the same year or in the same fall season I'm excited for someone like bekele see what he's gonna do I'm excited for someone like ben true i'm excited for the whole will an american male finish high enough to qualify for the world champs i'm excited to see what something like molly seidel does with Colin taylor and all the other top American women. So there's like individual stories from each race I'm excited about. And they're all kind of equal. I wouldn't say I'm biased towards, you know, Jeff Chirchir or, or Seidel or Bekele or a true kind of look at them all equally. Sorry. I, okay. kind of didn't, I dodged your question right there, but what I wanted to say was I'm excited for all of it because there's a little, there's a legit interesting storyline in all facets of each race from the top, you know, East African yeah. battles to also what's happening on the American side. All right, we'll start with the women then. That was a good answer, actually. It made me think we okay. should just have done ten. We should have done ten questions for this. What What are the ten biggest questions? But we'll we'll stick with this favorite. You mentioned her her name. I don't think anybody's going to dispute that it's Perez Jepchirchir, Olympic gold medalist, has run two seventeen sixteen. I think she's one of the top three in the world right now. Throw her in there with Jeb Koskai, who won in London, and Bridget Koskai, world record holder, still remains in my top three just based on what she's done in the past. But Jeb Chirchir could be the best of them all. But to remain in that group, Gordon, I think she's got to win this race. And obviously, it's a very winnable race for her. Her PB is much better than everybody else's. She's coming back from the Olympics, but in it's been a couple months. And the turnaround is not as harsh as it was for some of the women and men who ran earlier 
fall marathons. Do you see it the same way? Do you see her as the clear favorite here in New York? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, if the storyline going into this race is always, will we see history? Will we see the first ever Olympic fall marathon double? That means everyone is kind of expecting it. And like, mm -hmm. that's what they want to see out of this race. They're not, no one is saying, will we see an upset? Will we see a new name come up, you know, emerge? It's all about Jeff Chircher versus the field. And mm -hmm. uh, I like her chances. I mean, 217 is no joke of a of a PB. We know what she did at the Olympic champion. We know, not at the Olympic champ. I was going to call it the Olympic championship. We know what she did <laughs> at the Olympic Games. Um, and her PB is recent, right? Her PB is from Valencia in 2020. So she's still young. She's only 28 years old. Um, she's in like the prime of her career. So these next four years should be her time to shine. And this is... This is it. You got to do it at the New York City Marathon. Now, obviously, it's a marathon. Anything can mm -hmm. happen. Side stitches. You just have a bad day. Something weird happens. You got a little cramp, and the 26 miles doesn't go your way. So there's always that factor. Mm -hmm. But in a non-weird situation happening, you got to go all in on Jip Chirchir winning this. Because the field, I mean... You got Aga, who's won 218. She was third in New York City in 2019. Um, she's probably the number one challenger from Ethiopia. You mm -hmm. have a couple other women in there who have run well, like Johannes. She was top 11 at the Olympics. And uh, there's another Ethiopian athlete who's run 220. But mm -hmm. I mean, 217 is very different from 220. And being an Olympic champion is very different from finishing 11th. So yeah. I think Chirchir is the heavy, heavy favorite. And I think there's three main challengers, and, and you mentioned them to, there too. Aga, Yeshina, and Johannes. That seems to be that group. And we've been able in the fall marathon season, because none of the fields have been that deep, to really create these clear tiers of these are the people who can win, these are the people who will be battling for podium, and then these are the people who maybe are top 10, right? Just because... I'm thinking of Chep Negic in Chicago. It's like her PB is 217. The next fastest person's PB is several minutes back. Something bad would have to happen in that race for her to fall back. And Chep Negic went out so fast that something bad almost did happen, but she was able to hold on. Now, the gap here is a bit smaller from Jep Chirchir to everybody else, but I see those three main women as, as the contenders, Aga, Yeshina, and Johannes. Johannes is interesting, 41 years old, but she ran her PB last year and has run under 220. Yeshina's been better at the half than she has been at the full. So she's got a 64-31 half, but has only, air quotes, run 220 in the in the full marathon. If she can get some sort of balance there, like basically run as well as she has in the half in the full, she'd be a threat. And then you mentioned Aga. But I expect I expect Jeff Chircher to win this race i think she's had enough time to recover and i obviously like the fact sapporo was a tough course new york city obviously is a tough course this isn't someone who's just thrived in valencia and berlin and dubai this is someone who's ha had their best race in a championship style marathon i think i think jeb Chircher is going to be a star and those three her cause guy and jeb cause guy are going to be battling it out next year in some pretty epic 
races. And I hope we get to see all three of them uh, compete against each other. Cause I, I think she's going to win this thing and further her case as the best marathoner in the world. Agreed. I, I, I picked Jeff Chichir to medal at the Olympics. She had like good mm -hmm. odds. She went up winning. So uh, I'm riding the Jeff Chichir train as, until it falls apart. And I don't think it's going to fall apart anytime soon. Okay. Let's talk about the Americans now. And the Americans, I think, one American in particular, could have basically folded into that contender conversation too. And I'm, of course, talking about Molly Seidel. Because, Gordon, we forget about this because we're thinking, oh my gosh, she got the bronze medal. What a huge run. What an amazing overperformance. Do you remember how far behind she was from Jip Cheer Cheer? I do not. How far? 26 seconds. Not much. Not much. Has Molly Seidel run a bad marathon yet? Not really. She's done two, right? Three. She ran She's the done London two or one. Three. Three. Thought London. Yeah, she ran London. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't count. COVID year. Yeah. But she ran well. But she's she's been pretty good in the marathon every single time she goes out. And so you mentioned Jip Chircher. You mentioned the three contenders. Then there's a lot of other women there with PBs that are, or there are a lot of debutantes, but you know, mid mid to twenty PBs, and a lot of Americans are in that group, right? Like Taylor, Kipiego, Thweet, Bruce. You know, internationally, you got Duchenay and you got uh, Marchant and Limon. I would be surprised if Seidel's out of the top five, just based on how she's run in the marathons we've seen her over the course of her career. I think she's that good. And I don't want to say, hey, let's put way too much weight into one amazing race in the Olympics, but it's not just that one race. It was also how well she ran in London, and it was also how well she ran at the Olympic trials in her debut. She's, giving us, she's given us so far three really strong reasons to believe in her, and each one has been impressive in a different way. I, I think Seidel can get top three in this race. Am I crazy? Well, I mean, it's not crazy. You mean the odds of, you could argue there's only really four legitimate um, international athletes. So the odds of one of them falling apart and then Seidel being the top American, you could totally see that situation happening. And once again, Molly has beaten people with extremely better PRs than her at the Olympics. So it's not like she's out of their, her, their league because she can straight up beat them on any given day. Um, yes. She'd be people with faster PBs at the Olympic trials. She's beating people with faster PBs at the Olympics. Why can't she do it also at New York city and PBs aren't going to be really a factor at New York city. New York city is not a PBing type town. So like town. enjoy your, your two nineteen PR, but like you're not running two nineteen in New York. So um, there's, Kind of like a level playing field. Judson Cake commented on our in our YouTube stream. He said, "No reason if weather is good, Molly can't PB. Thirty-three degrees in Maine this morning. Nice running weather. Hopefully, wind isn't a factor. Heat shouldn't be. So that's also a thing. You know, Molly lives in the Northeast. She's probably used to this, you know, type of running weather. I mean, so that's yeah. Look, it's." Here's, just, here's the thing. When I think about marathons, I think 
about how much needs to go right for you or wrong for your competitors for you to win or finish top three. And I think with her, she's proven that when she's at her best, she can contend with the best in the world. Not just because she got bronze, but because she was less than 30 seconds away from gold in that race. She was only 10 seconds back of silver. That was not a fluke. So I don't think it needs to be even a crazy outcome or there needs to be weird things with the weather for her to do well. Will that help her? Could that help her? Obviously, yeah. That could be another thing that gives her a leg up and advantage. I just think if we were forecasting this thing and you were slotting in based on performances where they would finish, I think a lot of people would have her in what? The three to six range? Two to seven range? Something like that? Yeah, I mean, the more and more you look at her resume, the more and more you, you kind of look at the field, third place seems like uh, an average like performance. Like You could see a lot of s simulations of this race, and the majority yeah. of them have her finishing third, which is impressive, right? Third in a major marathon in your, in your yeah. fourth ever marathon. It's incredible. I mean, here I want to already think about the future with Molly. We talked about she's had three great races. She has yet to have a bad race. So maybe New York City could be a bad race and we could be – she goes out there and finishes 11th and has this bad day and whatever. Chalk it up as a bad day. But if she does have a fourth good race here where she has yeah. two top three performances, then back to then a PB in London and a, a top three performance here in New York City, what do we think the ceiling is for her? 225.13 PR – yeah. Do you think she is eventually going to be like a a 220 flat 219 woman like in the next 4 years? Like going into the 2024 Olympics. Yeah. What do you think her PB is going to be? Well, do we think about it in terms of PBs or do we think about it in terms of major wins and major places? Well, how do you how do you define it? Because I think she could win a major in her career, obviously, but PB, could she run two twenty? Yeah, I think so. Could she? But we're in a world where the world record is two fourteen, and people are running two seventeens and two eighteens and all that stuff. So, I mean, are you saying American record? Yeah, I think that's a that's a possibility. Um, will she get down to where you know drop her PB? all the way down to 214. I just don't think most people are going to do that. But to me, it's more about competition. How many top three finishes will she have had in majors by the time she gets to the Olympics? And I think she's going to be able to rack up at least a couple. What place did she finish in London? Do you remember? She was behind Sarah Hall, but she ran a PB and she was, she was solid. And I think that was the sign of, wow, that race in Atlanta wasn't just a random one-off. She was still, she ran, she got sixth in London and ran 225. That's pretty good. Um, that was a pretty good field. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good field. Uh, it went Koskai, Hall, Chepnegich, uh, Bekele, um, in that, in that first four. Now she was, Koskai ran 218, so she was seven minutes back. But I, mean, I think her, we saw at the Olympics how she's going to succeed in this race. And it's similar to how, Meb and Des Linden have succeeded, and and Shalane Flanagan, for that matter. 
when the big moments, the big championship style marathons arrive, they show up and the PR doesn't need to be the same as everybody else because the PR doesn't really matter once you get out there on those championship races. And I think that's the type of career that she's heading towards, which is going to be very, very successful. What about the rest of this women's field on the American side? I mentioned Taylor, Kipiego, Thweet, Bruce, Shalane Flanagan in there as well. Remember, last one, best one for her. I don't know. Do we know if she's starting with the elite field yet? I don't know. Maybe, maybe she will. Maybe she won't. She probably, she might ask not to. I could see her being like, no, I don't do that. I just... I don't, I don't need that pressure. I don't want to be going up against, you know, women who are like training full time with, you know, I think she should, she might be like, it's not, stop putting, stop putting all that expectation on me Two two thirty five pace is enough. I don't know. Maybe she, but maybe she was like, yeah, let's go for it. Sub two thirty. Let's do it. I don't know. I'm still saying sub two thirty for Shalane Flanagan. I'm planting my flag. I'm saying sub two thirty. Here, I think if she starts with the elite field, I think she finishes in the the top five for Americans. Americans top five. Don't know where that will be. Yeah, who do you, field, but who do you like most out of Taylor, Kipiego, Thweet, and Bruce? That's a tough one. I would want to say, I just don't know Kipiego coming back from the Olympics she got 17th Thweet ran really well at the trials was fifth i'll probably go someone like i think i'll go kellen taylor i'll go kellen taylor eighth at the trials but she was third in the marathon project last year i'll go taylor yeah Do you have a pick i'll go three is it three or threat Let's go with three 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 all right got it got it right the first time yeah, I'll go with Laura Three. She's the youngest of that crew. Everyone there, not to, I mean, I'm also getting old too, but it's just wild looking, seeing the ages. Like Mo- Molly's 27, but she's a good five years younger than the next athlete on the American side. Mm-hmm. We have Taylor, who's 35. Kipiego's 35. Bruce is 37. Shalane Flanagan. How old is Shalane? I don't even, is she 40 yet? No. Is she? Yeah, I think she is. Didn't she just turn? Did I make that up? She's turned 40. Let me look that up. Man, you're making me Google all these. But yeah, things. yeah, I mean, forty years, one hundred twenty days. Forty years, one hundred twenty days. Damn. Um, here's the th- so right now, in order for a non Molly Seidel athlete to to make the world team, they need to finish third, correct? In this race. Yeah, let me pull that up. Let me go back and find our. So Seidel is in Bates. Got second in Chicago. Hall got third. So they would need to finish. If they finish with the same place as Sarah Hall, then their time would need to be faster, which would be difficult yeah. to do in New York. Yeah. So basically, they need to finish second. So the odds of yeah. Taylor Kipiego, Thweet, or Bruce, or Shalane Flanagan, for that matter, finishing second likely isn't going to happen. But, hey, crazy mm-hmm. things have happened. You never know. There could be a a crazy incoming windstorm that comes in and changes it up. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, I think though, on the, when we talk about the men's race, I think there might be an opportunity for one of the U.S. men to steal a top three spot. So we'll we'll talk about that later. 
But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, the men, it's much easier because the third exactly. spot right now is a seventh place finish. So if you finish as the top American in the first seven, then you're on your way to Eugene for the world championships next year. Let's talk about the men. Let's do the same thing with the with the men. But I think it's a bit more debatable who the favorite is. I think you can make a case for at least two people. And I'm going to I'm going to go counter what most people would say. I don't think Kenanisa Bekele is the favorite. I do not think Kenanisa Bekele is the favorite despite running 201, despite all of his gold medals. He was third in Berlin, which was fine, but it was not a great race for him. We know he has issues getting to the start line and getting to the finish line. So I think the favorite's actually Nagui of the Netherlands, whose PB is four and a half minutes slower than Bekele, 206.17, but just medaled in the Olympics. And I think he has a good profile for someone who wins this type of race, championship type runner, uh, silver medalist behind Kipchoge. As my buddy Jason says, that's actually like winning gold. If you finish behind Kipchoge in the, in the Olympics, you should just get a gold medal as well, too. You probably could have extended the same thing for Bolt or Rudisha during their careers. It's just like you, you get an extra extra medal. But I'm I'm saying I think Nagui is the favorite over Bekele. What what do you think? Yeah, so Bekele is obviously a very interesting figure. He is the ultimate hot and cold athlete in the marathon. You, the guy has run 201 41. Um, and but at the same time, he has a DNFs, he can he can be expected to destroy the field, and he falls back and finishes fifth. He was only third in Berlin when in a race that he probably could have won. So, yeah, he's the only one coming off of a like a hard, I mean, I guess you could argue Abdi. Ran the Olympics, Olympics, so that's a little bit of a double. But Berlin is a lot closer to New York than than the Olympics. So, yeah, yes. I. You know what? I'm never just. I'm never gonna pick Bekele because I'll just let him always surprise me. But I'm never gonna go yeah. in on putting money on Bekele because I know I'm bound to get a DNF. I'm bound to get a a bad performance, and I'm willing to risk that to risk getting you know, seeing him win as opposed to like going all in and thinking he's going to win. So I don't think Bekele's a favorite yeah. either. I agree with you. I I think I'm more excited though to see Kipawa Candy um, mm-hmm. making a debut. He's 25 years old. He's run 57-32. Freaking crazy and a half. I mean. World record holder. He's going to be looking at the pack it. saying, why are we running so slowly? Do you think he's ever run this slow? If especially if it goes out tactically, he's going to be so confused. Yeah, he's gonna be like, like you know, like on the shoulder of the athletes, like trying to push them, and it's the other. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, man? He's gonna be running like the the freshman at high school cross country practice <laughs> on the first week when they're trying to push the pace on the easy run. Yeah, he's gonna be that guy. Hey guys, what are you doing here? Yeah, yeah. Well, they're, they're gonna go so out. Slow. If they go out in sixty five, he's going out eight minutes slower than his half marathon PB. It's quite a bit slower. It's. That's going to feel like he's walking out there. The thing that worries me about him, obviously, number one, the half marathon doesn't always translate to the full, but I, he mentioned at the press conference having some sort of injury issue 
in the buildup. And my rule is if they mention it at the press conference, it's probably a big deal because usually they don't mention anything. And then afterwards they say, my, my calf, my knee, my shin, my quad, my hamstring, I have this issue. So if they're mentioning it at the press conference, it makes me a bit, a bit concerned. But he's going to have a lot of um, time to think in his first marathon here. He, yeah, he's interesting. I put him in the contender category. But this race isn't that deep, which is why Michele should win this race. I, I'm not I'm not saying he's the favorite, but just from the perspective of if 201-41 back in 2019, still talked about as a main rival to Kipchoge as late as last year before he scratched. Such a winnable race for him. Um, again, I, I would pick Nagui, but because you go past Candy and then who else do you have? You have Gourmet Gebrselassie, who's won this race before, but hasn't really done anything since 2016. You have some inexperienced guys like Choge in the in the marathon who hasn't finished a marathon ever. You got some 207, 208 people, some other debutantes there. There's no clear other group of people here to challenge. So if it's not Bekele or Nagui or Candy, it's going to be a real big surprise who wins. So those those guys need to take advantage of it. This is a this is. We talked about Rupp. How many opportunities does he have to win majors? This is Bekele's best chance to win another major. Right here. This is it. And it's coming, oddly enough for him, it's coming after running another marathon major. And the big issue throughout his marathon career has been consistency and durability. So it would be quite ironic if this is the major uh, where he really delivers. But I don't think it's ever going to get easier for Bekele to win a major. This, this is it with the field spread out. I know next year... London's going to be in the fall as well, too. So it'll be split even more. But by then, he'll be 40 years old. I think this is it. This is his best chance for one more major. I mean, let's just be honest. The best chance to win a major is a major without Kipchoge. Yes. Right? So yeah. uh, all these majors that we've had all fall long from Chicago, Boston, New York, Berlin, mm -hmm. they've London, they've all been opportunities for these male athletes because, hey, Chogi, he's uh chilling at home with his gold medal. Let's go, let's go win some prize money. Um, he's running, yeah, not I, chilling I at think, home. He's running on the Champs Elysees on the other side of the road from everybody else passing true, people, ruining dreams. True, true. I agree with you on the top three: Bikele, Nagai, and Candy. First of all, before we get into the men, Kibawak Candy, greatest marathon name out there. Yeah, do you agree? 100%. I yeah, think he, not he's, close. I just wish there was like a Kibiwak Candy and NCA cross country because that, that would be freaking awesome. Like Kibiwak yeah. Candy from like uh, Arkansas. You'd be like, perfect. You know, anyway. Yeah. Uh, let's talk yeah. a little bit about the, the U.S. men. So before we talk about it, the U.S. men, what is the time they need to run or place they need to get? For Worlds? Yeah. Okay, so to qualify for so, Worlds, they would they would need to finish better than seventh. If they run seventh, then they need to run faster than what Colin Benny did in Boston. And in Boston, Colin Benny ran. Let me look this up one second. Two eleven twenty six. Okay. So sub two eleven twenty six at seventh place or sixth or better. Correct. I think sixth is easier, to be yeah, honest. Sixth is easier than, than seventh running 21. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, hey, sixth place. 
That's I good. think an American's going to do it. I think Colin Benny's yeah. going to be watching this race on pins and needles because he's going to be like, damn, there's an opportunity for one of these U.S. men to steal his spot and finish sixth at this race. What do you think? Well, well, and maybe two because Colin Mikau was sixth in Chicago, but he ran 213.31. So Ooh. potentially two guys could be bumped there. And this men's field, as I just mentioned, internationally, not that deep. Not that deep. So there's opportunities there. You could see perhaps a 5-6, and then that sixth-place person running faster than 213, they get their trip to Eugene. I'm really making it dramatic. I don't know why I'm making the trip to Eugene. It's fun to make it dramatic. All right, so let's talk. So this is basically, we got the... uh... U.S. trials going down right here on the men's side in a way yeah. for that for the spot. So it's the official World Championship Road to Eugene Marathon trials, featuring Ben True, Jared Ward, Noah Drotti, Ryan Vale, Shadrach Biwat, Akana Kibet, and Matt Lano. Yeah, and here's who, why. What, who, do, Mikau, who, who do you liking? Well, here's why Mikau and Benny could be a little bit. Not they're not going to be relaxed if, if they really want to run this race. But what would make them feel better is you. There's a lot of inex, not inexperience in that field, but there's no locks in that field that you just mentioned. There's yeah. no oh that person's definitely going to get fifth or even someone like Martin Hare, who's run so well recently, where you can say all right that person's going to be able to work their way up and get that. Who do I like? I mean it's weird to say. There's there's two people here that that jump out to me. One is Drotty just because he's coming off the, the 209 at the marathon project. So anytime you run sub 210, you're going to get, as an American male, you're going to get the attention. And the other one obviously has been true. Um, we haven't seen him in a marathon yet. His half marathon, is, his PB was from 2018. So who knows? I think for a long time, people were talking about how good Ben True could be in the marathon. I think it was mostly because he was a cross-country skier and people were like, wow, that's a long distance thing. Forgetting the fact that he was better. He never even wanted to run the 10K. Do you remember that? It was all 5K, 5K, 5K. And he had this really good kick and could close. And we all were thinking, man, what could this guy do in the marathon? It's like he hasn't even run the 10,000. Why, why are we assuming he wants to do this? He's finally doing it. He's finally making his, his debut. I think Ward obviously is capable, but Ward had a really rough 2020. Um, vale hasn't finished a marathon since 2018. Uh, B-Watt has, has gotten top five in New York before, but his last couple of years haven't been as good. I, I think if you're saying who can get top six, I would say Drotty and True would be the best candidates. True just because of the upside, despite the lack of experience, and Drotty based on what he showed us last year. One thing I like... The one thing that could be good or bad, I'm not sure how it will affect Drotty mentally, but Drotty was one of the athletes that kind of got screwed over when they announced the new selection criteria yeah. for the US for the world champs after the fact. Because he would have got in on time. He probably was thinking he's gonna go to worlds on his time. And then all of a sudden, a few weeks before his New York City marathon, he's told, Oh, you're not in anymore. But you do have a chance to get back in if you run fast at this New York City Marathon. So now that could put a fire under his butt and he runs out of his mind and finishes fifth, but it also could put too much fire under his butt. He 
overthinks it. He he uh, goes for broke, and then he bonks at the end. And if he would have been more conservative, he would have finished in the same position. But because he thought sixth place or bust, sixth place or bust, sixth place or bust, and then you know it just backfires. So I, hopefully he has a level head on this idea. Like all right, I know there's more pressure now in this race than there was two weeks prior because there is right this. This race went from, hey, try to have a good run to like, hey, you need to run well or else you're not going to Worlds. So it's just a matter of how he takes that pressure. Does he bottle it the right way, put it in the right type of packaging, put it on the shelf the right way in his brain and repeat his yeah. marathon project type performance and finishes well and, you know, finishes top six or does it not work out? I, I kind of like Drotty here of the uh, – if I had to rank my picks, I would probably go Drotty, Ward, True as my top three Americans. Mm-hmm. I put Drotty number one mainly because he's the younger one. He is coming off a 209.09 at Marathon Project. He does have a reason to run well. He's never made a world team. He, so he has like that excitement, mm-hmm. that fire, something that Ward, Ward's made the Olympics. Drew, True's made multiple world teams on the track. So I think I would put Drotty number one. Number two, I put Ward because of experience. And then True, I put three because, you know, it's his first one, right? We don't know what he's going to feel like at mile 20, mile 21, mile 22. Yeah. It's a hard course. I'll just I'll put more money on True after he does one as opposed to putting money on True on the first one. So True, I just, yeah. hey, man, do this one and then see how you do and then – I'll ride your train in the next year or two. We're putting a lot of weight on the one Drotty race because prior to that, his best was a 211.42 in, in Chicago. So it's just, is he the 209 guy? If he's a 209 guy again, I think he can get that. I think he can get it done. I think he can get that spot. And I think he can finish top five in this field. But if he's more like in the line to 211, then that puts him back in this big group of people. Here's my prediction overall for this race, Gordon. It's going to be a mess because here's what you have. You have no rabbits to ensure anything. You have a half marathon world record out there. Holder, who knows what he's going to do again. You mentioned before, he's just going to be chomping at the bit to go. You have Bekele, the ultimate wild card, who I think people are going to defer to. Cause why wouldn't you? It's Kenanisa freaking Bekele. And a lot of these guys grew up idolizing him, but you don't know what he's going to do. He can start jogging. People m- might follow him. You have uh Nagi who's coming off a silver at the Olympics, but I don't think anybody's thinking, Hey, this guy's the next Kipchoge. And then you have a whole bunch of other people that nobody is familiar with, really, that have no profiles. I think this thing is going to be a mess. I think the top five is going to be all over the place. And I think if you're an American and your goal is to run in the world championships, uh, the key is just going to be, as it is with every marathon, this isn't saying anything novel, it's just patience. Because I think this race is going to change forms three or four times throughout and the potential for somebody to go backwards is really high with the the names in this field and the 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 experience um aside just the track records with some of these runners or the lack thereof makes me think that this thing is going to be pretty wild and we could have a situation where someone we haven't even seen the entire broadcast like they cut through like nagi wins right and then two minutes later we cut back and we're like holy crap like Drotty's in fourth. 
Like I didn't even see him the entire time. What what happened to Bekele? What happened to Candy? Oh, they but they both didn't finish. Like that's totally like within the realm of possibility here. I think this race is going to be really messy. I always like to think of conspiracy theories or just like situations that I know don't happen in our sport, but I would love for it to happen. Imagine we're in the final stretches of this marathon and let's say it's um, Augustine Chogi, who Kenyan <laughs> runner, who's DNF'd a couple marathons. Him and Drotti are neck for sixth place. Yeah. And they're running down the, the home straight. Do you think there's anything Drotti could tell him? Hey, man, just let me <laughs> finish sixth. You can finish right behind me in seventh. We're going to finish. Your time's going to be the same no matter what. Won't but I'll matter, give you like yeah. an extra ten thousand dollars if you just <laughs> let me out lean you here. Like this is because yeah. like what's the difference to uh one of these yeah. international athletes between sixth and seventh? It's not gonna be any different, right? I'm sure the prize money's not much different. They're not gonna care. Their their time is gonna stay the same. But for six difference between six and seven for an American is like everything. So maybe they you know can have like do? a pitch. What do you do? What you well, it's the thing that you always do when you're when you're really against the wall in terms of negotiations. You see this in movies all the time. Take my watch. Take my watch. This watch. You want my watch? I'll give you my watch. Because he could give his watch right there. Yeah, the Garmin. Yeah, it's good. here you go. He could happen. Here. Take my Garmin. Take my Garmin. Take my, take my jersey. Garmin. Take everything. Here, take my yeah. shoes. We'll, we'll, we'll negotiate the rest later. But take my watch. Just just let me let me be. Let me get to Worlds. We're assuming everybody wants to run World Champs on the American side. And I don't know if that's the correct assumption. I understand they why do. we're... Well, yeah, I get why we're saying that, but it for some people may not be a huge priority. But what you described is the the problem with the qualification system, because other than the fact that they said they announced it while after all the qualifications was going taking place, other than other than the fact that they put the rules out during the middle of the game or towards the end of the game, the other problem was this thing is influenced by people who uh, have no stake in it, and their success or failure impacts the american athletes here in a way that is uh, disproportionate i think and and that scenario you just described it perfectly i don't think it's going to be an issue for the women and i think people would be fine with that women's team for the men though i think you run that simulation again you could get obviously rub's going to be there but you could get two different people every single time and maybe announcing it ahead of time would have changed it maybe it wouldn't have but certainly it would have changed where people decided to run and which marathons it ran in chicago versus boston would have been much different certainly i'm just wondering why they're not including boston 2022 in the process because i get why they only want to include american marathons because they're trying to think in covid they don't want to force people to go international they want to like you know, they want to make sure it's still a major, so they don't want to make it any marathon. But like Boston 2022 is still within the time frame. It's still a major. It's still a U.S. major. I, I honestly think there should be a – I mean, they're not. it's not going to happen because there will be people who will be like, you can't change it now. But mm-hmm. there should be a petition to be like, hey, you got to let marathon 2022 be a last chance effort. And then everyone would run it. I mean, Boston Marathon would love that. Be like, yeah, turn yeah, us into the yeah. de facto qualifier, and people will go nuts. Right. Uh, 
I don't think they're going to make another change to you on top of the other changes. I don't know. There could be a petition. The USATF uh, like meeting that they have every year, annual meeting, is in yeah. December. So maybe someone needs to go there and be like, make Boston matter. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. All right. I think we touched on everything with New York. Uh, people got questions, put them in the chat. We got a couple of minutes. If you're watching live on YouTube, throw them in the chat. I'm looking at the comments right now. Uh, what do you think of uh, What do you think of um, Ben Trug signing with ASICs? I think he gets money. Good for him. No, but what like have a sponsor? I don't know. You know me and sponsorship stuff. My take is no, there's been five deals throughout the last 20 years that have mattered in track and field and road running. And if it's not one of those five deals, it's just a deal. They're all the same. Well, my main thing is like, what do you think was the reasoning people, a, a sponsor wanted to reinvest in True? Because no one wanted to do it last year. You know, why, why do you think all of a sudden A6 saw value in investing in True? Marathon. Just run a marathon. Yeah. That's it. And he, there's a chance that he's going to be really good at the marathon. And why would you not want to at least throw some money there? I just the amount of eyeballs that watch you in, in a marathon is so much bigger than track races, even though you're appearing much more frequently in track races. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not even, not even close. So it doesn't, doesn't surprise me, but that this precipitated a, a sponsorship deal. For him, I don't know how do the Asics shoes match up to the Nike shoes and the Adidas shoes. Do you know? I know you've been doing some shoe research. I don't know. I mean, you get, get all the Bates, you've been demoing them all. Isn't Emma Bates uh, Asics? And yeah, Sarah Hall sharing Asics? pretty well. So they both pretty pretty damn good. So I don't think it's an issue. Yeah. All right. Uh, JP says, let's not forget about Nathan Martin to eleven oh five. Um, David says, why would you use an ineligible course? I think he's talking about you saying Boston because it, the point isn't eligible versus ineligible. The point is just everybody knowing the rules and creating a trials type course. What they should have done is they should have done that. They should have said the Boston marathon is going to be the selection. Galen Rupp's going because we don't want to make this complicated. Top two Americans at Boston. You can go in the world championships. I think that would have made sense. The problem was, other than announcing it midway through, the problem was they had their old way of selecting and everybody just assumed it was going to be that same way. And then they changed it. If they kept the same way they had always done it, I don't think there would have been as much pushback. It would have been strange that they didn't even make an announcement about it, but then they could have said, well, yeah, that's the way we've always liked the team. Why would we, why would we have changed it? What was weird is you do it late and you do a different process. And their argument was they were busy. I'm like, no, you weren't. Yeah. We, yeah. Well, oh, the pandemic was really busy. People were not busy during the pandemic. They had a lot of time on their hands. <laughs> the idea that like a pandemic, all this stuff is just really complicated. All USATF did was cancel a bunch of events and just like hang out. So yeah, they yeah. had time. You could they come up just, with a, a selection process. Is procrastinated. Not and they could have come up with a selection process that doesn't take that doesn't take too long. Uh, Anthony says, 
Heat definitely won't be a problem in New York City this year. Cold maybe, though. He says today in the Northeast woke up to 29 degrees Fahrenheit or negative 2 Celsius. If this holds, first mile, four miles will be torture. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be that's going to be something to keep an eye on with the weather. Uh, David says maybe they'll announce Boston counts at the 20-mile mark. That would be good. I think that's what they should do. <laughs> I would love that. There's like a press release that goes out. Boston counts. They put on the the lead truck, you know, they they put a little sign up, they hold it up. This counts US men if you yeah. want to make the team. Well, oh. yeah, we just were like feeling bad, don't no worries. We Boston is now eligible. And then everyone's like, "Oh, all right. and then they all drop out. They all DNF yeah, yeah, cuz yeah. like, "All right, we're going to Boston." Yeah. That'd be great. That'd be um funny. No, I think this is a one-time problem. I wish that people cared about the World Championships marathon more. So that way we could create an actual trials race for the world championships. Cause I think that would be fun. So it was, it wouldn't just be the Olympic trials, but we could have it at in the odd number of years too, when there's world championships. But I just, I don't see that happening again. I, I think of course people are going to want to run Eugene, but in 2023, when it's in Budapest, are people going to want to go do that when they could run a fall marathon in 2025? Are they going to want to run um, in, well, if it's in, uh, Kenya, are they going to want to go over there and run um, a marathon when they could run the fall? I think this is just the U.S. For the U.S. runners, it's very specific to the Eugene World Championships. So I mean, what there's they no real reason do, for them to change. Mm. You know what they should do moving forward? Mm. They should just rotate between Boston, New York, and uh, Chicago. And in 2020... So whatever happened this year, whatever. The 2023, let's start with Chicago. 2023 Chicago Championships is the trials for the 2023 World Championships. The 2025 New York ones are for the 2025 World Championships. 2027 Boston for 2027. Hold on, but that's that's after the race. That's after the meet, though. You can't have – that's a fall marathon. You can't have it qualify. You're saying 2024. New York for 2025 world champs. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 okay. Basically you rotate between those three majors and each one, yes. one becomes de facto trials prior to the next world championship. And so it, it allows, you know, it forces the Americans to kind of dabble in all three if they want to. And if you don't mm-hmm. want to like run at the world championships, then choose to run at Boston instead of Chicago or choose to run at New York yeah. instead of Boston. Like you, well- you can decide, like, all right, do I want to do it? And, and then if you decided to run Chicago when Boston was the trials that year, cool. Then you're just not going. Whatever. So, there is such a thing as U.S. Marathon Championships. Yeah. It's just weird because it's well, – no one's going to do at, it because there's no money. Right. But that's that's a problem. They, I don't know, and there's probably some reason – for this and someone smarter than me can can let us know but usually not usually but a lot of times it's at cim or it's at you know twin cities when the trials take place that counts as the u.s marathon championships but it's not usually at it's not at the majors and i don't know why it's not at the majors and i think it should be at the majors and that would make sense as a qualifying race for world championships because it's the u.s marathon championships instead you have a situation where 
U.S. Marathon Championships are at a race where a lot of the best marathoners don't run because there's no prize money attached. Again, I'm sure maybe there's some rule or regulation where it can't take place in, in Boston or New York or Chicago because it's already a world marathon major. But that's that's not fun. It should be it where the best people place. are going to compete. I'm sure there's some – It's like the whole like saying like, oh, you can't – when. Foot Locker, no, you can't take the NXN champion to Foot Locker because it's not yeah. the official qualifier. Like, no, you could – Foot Locker could say, hey, <laughs> top five at NXN, you're coming to Foot Locker. And it's yeah, not in the Constitution is what you're saying? So yeah, it's not – yeah. You're allowed, you can do whatever you want. I just think rotating nope. rotating the, the majors as the trials for world championships would be perfect. I don't see how it's a problem. Yeah. I don't, I don't see a problem with that. The, my idea would be it would be a little closer to the actual world championships itself, but then you'd fall into a category where Boston would be too late because people wouldn't want to probably go April and then a summer marathon, and then you'd have to create a new race in February. So I'm fine with it being in the fall. And I want it to be at a major where people are going to be at anyway, and you're going to have a good field anyway, and you can actually get the best people there and have a legitimate race instead of people being spread out across a series of different races and the rules being made up midway through the season or the race itself, maybe. You know, like the welcome to who's line is anyway, where everything is made up and the points don't matter. Yeah. Welcome to qualifying for the world championship. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, like around the horn where everything's made up and the quality of the field doesn't matter. Oh, that'd be a good – see, I feel like if you wrote an article about the, that debacle, that would have been a good lead, Gordon. That would have been a good lead. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to the – yeah, you say – yeah, welcome to the U.S. marathon selection process where everything's made up and the points don't matter. Boom. MP, you wouldn't even need to explain it. You just, just – the people who knew would, would know. Uh, I think marathon – the marathons, though, do so much right that it's hard to say do a wholesale change because they actually have multiple times when they're competing and going for it. I think it's just going to take a couple of years to get this whole like, – get the schedule back to normal and get things ironed out um, and get the dust to settle a bit and figure, hey, is Valencia still going to – is just going to be awesome forever? Is there always just going to be a ton of money pumping into that race? Like that's something that needs to get figured out. And if it is, how are people going to react? To the fall marathon season same thing in the in the earlier months with dubai is that still going to go on forever and i think this stuff it's just because the pandemic the schedules got all screwed up so it, it's a little more disorganized than it usually is and then you have these other races that are emerging as well too so a, a lot of different things competing here to make things a bit more complicated than they need to but in the united states i'd like to see more u.s competitions with with high high, high stakes attached to them maybe there'll be some surprises yeah do we know how people are going to qualify for the world half championships that's probably even weirder it's probably like you got to win best. the 20k here or the 15 miler there or be top yeah. five at the half marathon champs here or have the fastest split at the boston i don't know who's making it all but, you know. well they'll announce it when the race is in november now they'll erase it they'll announce it they'll announce september, it in like probably. Halloween or something like that. <laughs> what's what's wrong with having a you having a half marathon race where you have to qualify? 
because they don't is it because they don't think enough it's not enough of a draw so that way you get people that are inferior gonna, on the yeah. team is that what it is money they want to money to put on an event yeah but but no have them show up to an existing event have them show up to houston you know there's gonna be agents the... complaining like yo you're screwing up my training schedule mm-hmm. well how dare you do this you know they'll be like mm-hmm. my athlete yeah. cannot do this it's the end of the world my athlete's hurt now we didn't know about it he wouldn't have gotten hurt before that if it wouldn't you know my athlete's I just think out of town. Because... <laughs> my athlete's out of town. <laughs> my athlete has a date. I can't go. <laughs> my, my athlete bought an NFT and doesn't know what to do with it. What are we? What are we doing here? I think my athlete got season tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I think if they come up with a system, the first year people might hate it, but then at a certain point, you get used to it, and the system is the system, and you need to adapt to it. And I think the problem is they want to they do these half measures where they want to make it equitable, but they also realize that, Hey, it's going to be tough to get Galen Rupp to show up to a half marathon race to earn his way on to the team. So let's carve out a provision to where he automatically gets to qualify, or I'm just using him as an example, but so, but then you end up creating seven carve outs and the qualification process is a mess. And then the star runner that you created him for doesn't even run anyway. And then you end up with a, a team nobody's heard of. What we should do is we should create the Colos calculator version, but for these yeah. no. majors and no. stuff like that. We should. We should. And then I can we talk about it and update it. The one strength that running has is you can put every person on the line, shoot the gun, and figure out the order. This is the one strength that this sport has, and people go away from it. And when they go, the farther you get away from it, the worse the outcome is. That's my, that's my prior. Anyway, we'll leave it there. New York City Marathon, as Gordon said, it's on Sunday, live on Flow Track, UK, Canada, Australia. We'll recap it all on uh, Monday and our Monday morning show. Again, thanks to True Places for sponsoring the pod. You go to trueplaces.com, use the code FLOWTRACK, $20 off your first chair purchase. Again, that's trueplaces.com. Thanks to them. Thanks to Colt and Travis for producing. Thanks to Gordon. We'll talk to you guys next week. TruePlaces.com.